the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220. Each call's in the air. Listless was a way to describe the stock market at times. Exciting is a way to talk about it at other times. Wealth accumulation is a way to talk about it. I kind of like to mix up the way I think about it, right? Something I think you should try to do as well on occasion, in large part. I think it'll serve you well if you start thinking of Wall Street um, as kind of a living thing. It's not a casino. That's the one thing I don't want you to think of it as. Could it be in the short term? Absolutely. Um, But... Be careful how you think about it. Um, in large part, I, I don't want the casino mentality there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Probably the number one thing that I wish more people would do is start focusing on their kids and money a little bit more. Not in a horrible way, but I live in the Bay Area, which is pretty affluent. Um, how do you educate kids about finances when there's too much money all around them? All around them. You know, if you're a middle-income family in Nebraska, you might be thinking, I get that one special vacation a year. I get that one Xbox a year, something along those lines. But in the Bay Area, there's just gross amounts of stock options and money just pouring out everywhere. Teaching your kids basic money concepts goes a really long way. Um, teaching them how to be responsible with money from an early age and actually helping them apply you know, important money habits are entirely different things. Getting your kid to make his bed for money 
Seems kind of weird, but it's kind of one of those chores. It's a good start. There's plenty of teachable moments, especially around the holidays and especially around birthdays. Um, one of the best things I think you can do if you want to have a kid who's financially savvy is march his butt down to the bank this weekend and open a bank account. Open a bank account gets to be kind of an exciting event for a kid. I'm not sure if they make them sign paperwork, but they'll probably go through that paperwork process, right? And think of how impressionable it is to you when you buy a house or you buy a car. How about buying a car? Come on. When you have to go sign paperwork, that person kind of puts you in their little room and they're kind of like wheeling and dealing with you. Uh, It's kind of a wonderful thing. So if you have a credit union, you could start using that as the first teachable moment where you're like, hey, here's our local credit union versus a bank. Um, talk about, you know, the, they're in it to make money. They're kind of in it as more of a community thing, but they're also making money as well. So, um, you know, when you go into a bank, you can get a lollipop. I think they still have lollipops. Ooh. I know, right? Exciting. So when some banks um, open your first child's bank account, you can like, do things like every time they go in, if they go in five times, they get a stamp. And after five stamps, they get ice cream or something. Why am I rewarding kids with sugar? <laughs> I seem to have a problem there, right? But getting your kid to throw in a deposit is pretty awesome. And again, it just teaches a basic money concept of money coming in, money coming out. And you'll be on that concept for the rest of your life. I think you want to give your kids not only a bank account, but an opportunity to earn money. Um, I think you can have tasks on the refrigerator that says like making bed 10 cents, reading book 10 cents, and they could, you know, start accruing some money off you. I think that's part of the financial education is now not just managing the money that's coming in, dropping it off the bank, but earning money so you can drop off more money at the bank. So with all money habits, you have to start somewhere. And I think with kids, that's the best and most important place. Um, I like holding the kids accountable. So um, I manage a kid's soccer team. And I can't tell you how many soccer balls I've saved from being lost. Um, and, you know, the first couple of times, parents are like, they're good with it. But then they start going, that soccer ball is 14, 15, 16 bucks. And it starts to add up, right? And the parents start to get a little bit angry. Or how about the... Um, I could probably outfit a child for the rest of his life with how many shirts and, and bags, backpacks have been left. Um, it's crazy. How many water bottles and backpacks and um, athletic like well, warm-up jerseys um, that have been left. So hold them accountable. So if your kid you know, loses something, teach them that it takes money to replace that. Um, if they really want an Xbox, teach them that it takes 20 books at... $2 or 40 books at $1 to get that Xbox game. Um, and then they'll start prioritizing in their head the money coming in, money coming out. So after your child earns money, I think it's critical to show them, you know, smart money decisions. Um, how much do you give it to charity? How much do you put to savings? How much do you put to spending? Money categories can be whatever you want them to be. The point is to get your kids to establish smart money habits. Um, as early as possible. You know, I personally, if you get a chance to have a kid who gets birthday money, which 
it seems to be going out of fashion. I remember getting cards with envelopes stuffed with cash. Okay, maybe it wasn't stuffed with cash. Maybe it's my childhood memory. But I remember getting like checks and stuff like that, and that's pretty cool. So it's something I, I highly recommend and endorse is that anytime there's that big money event, whether it be Christmas or Thanksgiving or particularly birthdays, I guess Thanksgiving isn't really gift giving holiday, is it? So um, birthdays are definitely an area where you can get some money. So, but everyone seems to buy stuff now, or I guess gift cards too. So gift cards have kind of replaced that cash, haven't they? So anyway, uh, a friend of mine has his child save one third, donate one third, and spend one third. Oh, I was raised Catholic for about until about second, third grade, and we were taught like. Thought, if you have a, a bad thought, it's a sin. So thoughts were, you know, you were held accountable for. I was always like, well, how about if my thoughts are good and I want to give money to the church, but I don't give money to the church? Is that still counting as giving money to the church? And they're like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. So um, also, I think the final lesson that I want to pass on about kids is you got to let them make decisions. You can't make them for them forever. Um, so at some point in time, you know, you can give them a little bit of gentle guidance, but you have to let them spend money and you have to put them in, you know, difficult shopping situations where do you really want a Coca-Cola or do you want candy? I know you're saying, what's up with the sugar, Rob? Why are you pushing sugar on kids? Do you really want this Xbox game? Because you're only going to eat one this year. Or do you want to wait for the other one that's coming out? So talk to children about money. I think, uh... It'll empower them in a lot of ways that I think uh, will take them far in life, especially when you live in an area like the Bay Area where there's just egregious amounts of money. Um, it ain't always going to be like that. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. AM 1220 KDOW. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Report. Old time hockey. Like it is short. Yeah. Yeah. Your San Jose Time to talk a little hockey. Joining me now, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, Nick Nolenberger. Nick Nolenberger on AM 1220 KDOW, the San Jose Sharks. Not the San Jose Sharks. Listen to me. The San Jose Barracuda punched a ticket to round number two. The San Jose Barracuda are the AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. So that's what's got me on my mind there. Uh, they open up a, a, a another another round. How are you, Nick? I'm good, Rob. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, pretty exciting to win game five in overtime. And shorthanded. Very unexpected. Yeah, it was uh, definitely one of those sweated-out type moments. They had an opportunity stock in overtime in which uh, Shin Carrick, one of their skilled forwards, got behind the defense on a breakaway and actually hit the post. Uh, our goaltender, Troy Grosnick, was sprawled out on his back. He didn't know where the puck was and ended up trickling about two inches wide of the right post. So there's an opportunity for them to, to win it, and that's just how the game works. You know, it's a, it's a game of inches, as they say, and, 
you know, a few moments later, uh, Ryan Carper ended up being a hero shorthanded. He, he gets the game winner, uh, to push San Jose to round number two and, and, uh, now have a matchup with the San Diego goals. Ryan Carpenter, who I got to interview on the air this year. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Taking a look at the playoffs, there's a game tonight at 7 p.m. at SAP Center. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. That's pretty prime time. That's a pretty nice uh, situation for the Barracuda to be in. And then it's three away in San Diego, and then it's two home. So it's 2-3-2. Two, two. Um, not the best of formats if you lose one of the first home games. So you, those are important ones to win. Yeah, you got to win these games at home, and that's uh, the importance of having home ice advantage. It's different in the AHL than what you have in the NHL. As you mentioned, a 2-3-2 two, two format in the NHL, I think when you have home ice, it's, it's a little more tilted to your favor because you don't have to go on the road for three straight after having the first two at home. But uh, during the regular season against San Diego, San Jose played them 10 times. They were 5-0 and um, at home and 0-5 on the road. So uh, these are two different teams that are different when they're at home, especially when they play each other. The, the margin of error and the, and the difference in terms of skill is just not very high. And really the difference is when you, when you have an opportunity to play in front of your own home fans. So opportunity for San Jose to try to get a uh, series lead early, but as you alluded to, you have to take advantage of home games. If you don't, then uh, all of a sudden you find yourself behind the eight ball and you got to steal on the road. And uh, so San Jose, obviously, you know, the, the goal is to try to win these first two. San Diego is a, a very hostile environment, one of the best uh, home ice advantages in the American Hockey League. Uh, they sell out you see like every other game and it holds about 13,000. So really following down there. So San Jose's got to try to get uh, a couple wins at home to start this series. Huh, that's, that stresses me out a little bit here. So, <laughs> um, because playoff hockey is the best hockey in, or I think playoff hockey is the best sport in all of sports. Um, again, when we beat Stockton over time, it was shorthanded. They had almost just scored. We were almost done for the year. Go home, pack up your lockers, and then you send it down the ice, and you send them home for the year. So it's very moment-to-moment, uh, -moment, especially in those uh, key games where it's winner-takes-all, which I kind of like, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I was thinking just in the back of my head, uh, trying not to be a cynic, but during the game there were some moments where you thought, uh-oh, is this, is this going to be it after that regular season that uh, – that the club was able to put together having the best uh, regular season record in the Western Conference and getting home ice guaranteed through the first three rounds and, and have an opportunity to lose in the first round of your arch rival in Stockton. Uh, there's some moments on a game that, you, that you're biting your nails and sweating it out a little bit. Stockton scored the first goal. They didn't counter until halfway through the third period after Stockton had scored midway through the second. Um, so you tie the game. You feel good about it. Uh, Troy Grosnick had to make some really big saves late in that third period and then as we as we've talked about, um, an opportunity for Stockton, they get a breakaway, they hit a post, and you, you take a deep breath right there, and you got to settle back into the game. And then for San Jose, they take a penalty in which it's a delay of game penalty, so they go on the penalty kill, and, and you think, uh oh, this is going to be the turning point, and you know you're able to generate a shorthand goal and win the game. It's just it, it's that's the fun part about it. You just never know what's going to happen. So I'm speaking to Nick Nolenberger. You'll be able to hear the San Jose Barracuda here on AM 1220. He is the voice of the Barracuda. Um, what's been carrying the Barracuda so far in the playoffs? Because from what I can tell, it, I, I can't tell. Um, it, sometimes it's like goaltending is really great. It's sometimes it's a little bit on the fringe side and the scoring takes over. I can't see a discernible trend. Is there? Is it power play? Is it offense? Is it defense? Is it coaching? Um, is it goaltending? What's the, the predominant trend? 
Well, it's not the power play, I'll tell you that, Rob, because the team went one for 22 in the opening round. Well, that's power horrible. Play. This is a group that uh, that was second best in the American Hockey League during the regular season. And give credit to Stockton. They're able to get in shooting lanes. They're willing to put their body in the line and block a lot of shots. So that's something San Jose really has to correct in round number two is make some adjustments and try to get the power play going. You know, one for 22, you're really not giving yourself a great chance to hockey games, especially when, when the margin of error is so, is so small when you get into playoff time. So it's really been, you know, for a guy like Rafferty, who's a hero in game number five, he paced the group in, in the opening series. He had seven points in the five games, four goals, three assists, really dominating um, opening series for Carpenter, a third-year guy who spent a month this year. Sharks and is a really a veteran presence that uh, you know you, you look to in key moments to provide some offense. So it hasn't been a one man show, but Carpenter, if you're going to look at one guy that elevated his game to this uh, very critical portion of the point. So what else can you tell me, Nick, about the the second round here? Um, obviously, second round's a long one. It's best of seven, so it starts on the fifth tonight. It could go two weeks. It, it really turns into kind of like a trench warfare. Yeah, it really does. San Diego is a, a very good team. And you never say that you root for the Anaheim Ducks. It's, it's, that's all being uh, fans of the San Jose Sharks and that great rivalry. But right now, I think everybody is rooting for the Ducks because there's quite a few guys right now in the San Diego roster up with Anaheim. They're a little banged up on the back end. Their two best defensemen are up with Anaheim right now, trying to help the Ducks get to round number three. And it looked like that series was going to end quickly as Anaheim was down two nothing to Edmonton to start it off, losing both games on home ice. But they stormed back, taking two on the road in Edmonton. So a good sign right now. So everybody's rooting, as we would never want to admit, everybody's rooting for Anaheim because they don't want those guys to get back and line up for San Diego. But a really skilled team. The, the, the Ducks do a great job in their scouting department. A lot of good young talent, as do the Sharks and. That's why these teams are consistently at the National Hockey League level making the playoffs. But it's going to be a really good series, a lot of high-end skill, different than the San Jose Stockton series, not as much grittiness, not as much for extracurricular stuff. But at the series, and it's going to take one out there, one out there that's going to really be the deciding factor in a lot of these. You know, if you have lazy luck on your side, I think it's what you cross your fingers and hope you have because these teams are not separated by much, and it should set up for for a great uh, best of seven series. And again, you got to win these games at home because it just uh, it's hard to win on the road on either side of the bucket. Well, hopefully, when I talk to you next Friday, we'll be up. Uh, hopefully, we'll be up three games to none at that point in time. So. It is a long haul. Thanks very much for joining us, Nick. It's the San Jose Barracuda. There's still great tickets available. If you go to sjbarracuda.com, if the goals have a, an advantage with home ice, we should match that home advantage. Take your kids to a game tonight or tomorrow night. You will not regret it. It's cheap family entertainment that is close to NHL level because a lot of these guys have played in the NHL. Um, it's fantastic hockey, especially playoff hockey. You can learn more at sjbarracuda.com. That's sjbarracuda.com.
800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black. Your money. I'm talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Sitting with me today is CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton, tied to newfocusfinancial.com. Radio show here on the station, Mondays and Tuesdays. You can listen to him at 2 p.m. Uh, a certified financial planner, totally different than what I do. I'm kind of... Uh, I don't want to say it an inch deep and a mile wide. Chad's much more focused on the financial planning issues. So, Chad, you and I both do seminars, and we always have them coming up, and people can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. There's also a lot of great downloads there. Um, And anytime people sign up for any event that we do tied towards radio, they just use the code RADIO25 to get in free, so they can check that out today. One of the events that we do is I, I, I kind of separate them usually into Two events. One's money accumulation. Money's one's money accumulation. One's wealth preservation. Right. Wealth yeah. accumulation. Wealth preservation. Now we're going to do some other things too. We're going to do some, you know, independent contractors and things like that. But, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the issues on wealth creation. Um, the emergency reserve. Yeah, that's a tough one for people to get over because they look at it as like that's a TV. Or they look at it as that's a car payment. Right. Keeping that money cash and cold and and simple and easy to get to is pretty difficult for a lot of people. I found even for myself when I was younger to keep my emergency reserves in the bank that I actually do the majority of my checking and online bill pay. Every time you sign on, you see all of those accounts. Right. So if you see a lump sum, that that gets your brain to start thinking because when people buy things, it triggers some endorphins and then they, you know, they want to buy more. So keeping that cash, those emergency reserves separate and somewhere you don't sign on to all the time is kind of key, I think, to emergency reserves. Okay. So psychologically, you have to trick yourself. Yeah. Which isn't doesn't have the that doesn't say the best things about people and their psychology and investing. No, but psychology and investing changes all the time, whether or not you're at a market high or at a market low, and it's usually the wrong thing to do. A little behavioral finance for me. Yeah, yeah, you bet. I mean, just think about. So many stocks when in just the market in general or real estate in general, when everybody's wanting to do it is when you shouldn't be doing it. When everybody's scared and saying the next, you know, the bottom isn't in yet, the bottom isn't in yet, that's when you should be buying. So obviously, how much do we need in an emergency fund? Does it differ based on careers? Does it differ based on ages? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. So um, careers, definitely. I mean, the, the average family could get away with just six months' worth of expenses stashed away. Okay. Um, is, especially if they have some disability insurance or some sort of insurance that if they get injured, it's going to pay the bills for a short period of time. And everybody focuses on life insurance because the sale is so dramatic by the life insurance agent. What if you die? What is your spouse and your kids going to do? You know, And that's very dramatic, but... Um, the chances are much higher that you're going to get disabled for a short period of time. So I'd make sure you have a situation where you've got some emergency reserves and some disability insurance. Um, but, you know, keeping the cash when the market's doing well, too, people don't like to do that. So we could talk about ways that is, is it safe to even invest your emergency reserves in the stock market. Well, let's not get there yet. Okay. 
Let's stay with the insurance guy first, because I hate that sales pitch, and they yeah. have this thing where they ask open-ended questions. Most salespeople do, and they basically want you to affirm what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to drive a new car? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Don't you think you look good in this car? No. No, the right answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> salespeople, man. Oh. They're so well-trained at this point in time. They will, and a lot of the really, really good ones are the kids that are recruited right out of college into the bigger life insurance companies. And so they, they've never really known anything different but being a life insurance agent. So they truly believe that life insurance is a great investment for the average American. You know, the permanent policies, the whole lives, the universal lives, and all that kind of stuff. And for the average person, it's a horrible, horrible idea. You end up underinsured with a huge outflow um, and you don't have enough money left over to max out your 401k or a Roth. It's just a bad idea. So buy term and invest the difference. I once was staying at a luxury hotel with a lady friend, kind of trying to score some romantic points. Mm-hmm. And there was an insurance conference there. And basically what they were were one of those groups that um, if you get your friends to sign up and your friends and friends oh sign up. Gosh, yeah. And they're all signing up for whole life insurance policies. And I'm like, I understand why they're at a luxury hotel. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of money to be thrown to, to impress these dim-witted people who go out and sell bad product to their dim-witted friends and family. Yep, and lately those people are pretty rampant on Facebook, too. You see somebody, oh, they just got recruited by Primerica or one of the other companies. Care, careful what you say. Because they just got sucked into a multi-level marketing program, and now they're telling all their friends about it, and I can help you, and start posting motivational quotes, and uh, it makes me a little ill. Um Without getting too mean here. <laughs> you kind of got to get mean with them, Rob, because I've seen people waste two or three years of their lives in those multi-level marketing insurance companies. I've got a friend who her friend dragged her onto a boat for an Abraham Hicks motivational seminar, boat seminar. Uh-huh. And it's literally like... It sounds very entra- entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> but on a boat out to sea. Yeah, the sales pitch. Do? This, they don't have a lot to sell other than the boat ride itself. Ah. Um, but in this case, it was pretty funny because she's a good-looking girl, and uh, Abraham Hicks is all about you know, if your inner circle vibrates of truth, then everyone around you will be truthful and see the real you. But if you are putting on a show for other people, then your inner circle won't vibrate and no one will see the true you. Okay, so she's a pretty good looking girl, right? Hey, what kind of show are we doing here? Um, stay away from the motivational speakers. <laughs> so through this event, there's a guy sitting right next to her. And they've talked for like about 10 minutes. And he gets up on stage and he starts professing his love for her and how he's going to marry her. Like you get caught up in the moment. Oh, yeah. In motivational speech type scenarios and boats and everything like that. So she's like... The speaker had to go, rein it back in, dude. Rein it back in. <laughs> you barely know this girl, and you're putting pressure on her to marry you. He basically asked her to marry him <laughs> on stage. At a moment. So that's what I'm, what, I'm being, what I'm trying to say here is is be careful. People do stupid things, especially when you get in groups, and especially at a, a sales pitch environment where, don't you want to take care of your kids? Um, of course you do. And you sign, you sign the dotted line and you're like, whoa, you just spent a lot of money yeah. on a product that you absolutely don't need. A lot of these motion, motivational seminars are geared around how people used to get recruited into like the Moonies and all these other crazy communes. And, right. you know, so yeah, I'd be very, very careful because when they get you motivated and you think you can do anything, you'll also buy something that you think will be the next magic. 
And the only last, I'll end the segment with this concept of Tony Robbins. Because the guy who basically proposed this girl also is a big fan of Tony Robbins. And I was doing a seminar before Chad, which is kind of crazy, um, which I refer to that as BC. No, 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 no. I was with you at that Tony Robbins. Were you? When it was in next Vir- door to us. Was it in Virginia? No, it was in uh, um, San Ramon, I think. Okay. Or no, Walnut Creek. It was okay. Walnut Creek Marriott. Okay, I've done, I did one in Virginia that was out of this world crazy. Um, it was BC. It was before Chad, um, as I like to say, before life mattered. Um, <laughs> And I like it. It's the Tony Robbins thing starts off with them doing the rock and roll thing. Da 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 da. Hey. Da 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 da. Hey. And the whole crowd's chanting, and Tony Robbins isn't even there. He's there on a videotape, and it's just his minions or acolytes um, or demon priests, whatever they are, that are holding the seminar for him. And do you know, remember uh, Tony Robbins got into trouble a couple of years ago for a couple of people were the walking on fire? <laughs> Now, do you know why? Let's just spoil this for those people that don't know. Walking on coal or walking on hot wood, it's really easy to do if it's a type of wood that doesn't get hot. And that's the trick is that it's really not that difficult to walk on said coals if they're kind of like a, a low energy producing coal. Mm. Um, so it, it's anyone can do it. And it's, you know, a baby, your baby could do it. Um, <laughs> but Tony Robbins makes you think it's all about you and you suddenly found the power from within. So what, what makes me sick about him now is he's talking investment advice. It's as if, okay, I've sold enough books. I can't sell anymore. There's no more stupid people to buy books. I've sold enough motivational seminars. Um, you're fat. You want to lose weight. I've, I've, I've sold enough to you. It, there's no more people who are fat who want to lose weight, who want mm-hmm. to get suckered in. And now he's moving to investment products. At the same time, even though he's pushing that fiduciary angle in his yeah. new book, to, which is what you know I've been doing since oops, 23 years in the business, I learned about four or five years in. That's the direction that I wanted to go before Merrill and all these other companies were doing it. And so that's the angle that he's pushing in his book. Yet I know somebody that just went to an event and on the sidelines – all this stuff was being sold, like learn how to trade options and um, even uh, probably insurance products. Not, I don't know if there's an insurance products there, but these people, you know, two of them funded an account where they got a little boost in the account and free trading for a certain period of time. And then they went to a three day event and that entire three days they were being sold on a $15,000 training seminar. And these guys both had businesses. They're like, we don't have time to do this. And they were kind of mad that they got sucked into even going to that three days. Yep. So be careful what you uh, think of as motivational. So not a big fan of Abraham Hicks, not a big fan of Tony Robbins, big fan of you. Educate yourself, figure out what you need, figure out what you can do, figure out what you can't do. Stay within your means. Um, You can find out a lot of good financial content, including some of the basics on investing, um, some of the basics on retirement planning at CFP, uh, Chad Burton's website, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. If you come to one of our events and they're listed at newfocusfinancial.com, use the code RADIO25 to get an absolutely free only for the radio listeners. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Whether you're 20 years old or 60, managing your money can get complicated. So set aside Saturday, May 20th, and get ready to learn some strategies that can help you build wealth, invest confidently, retire better, and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. That's May 20th at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. We have two seminars lined up. The morning event runs from 9 to 11 with a focus on retirement income and estate planning. If you're nearing retirement, this one's for you. 
We'll explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much, much more. Our afternoon seminar is all about investing for your first million. From one to three, we'll cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio, from investing basics to 401ks, Roth IRAs, real estate, taxes, and investing tips. Two separate seminars, May 20th at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Sign up for either event at robblackshow.com, only $25. For KDOW listeners, I waive the fee. Just use promo code RADIO25. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I always have some events coming up, a retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar, investing for your first million dollars, money 101s, um, investing when you're an independent contractor, things to think about, reasons to roll over your 401k to an IRA, and much, much more. You can sign up for events at Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com, and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Usually they book up pretty fast, so make sure you sign up sooner rather than later. Uh, joining me now to talk a little bit about one of the events that we talk about, um, or one of the pieces of content that we talk about is Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, heard here on KDOW Mondays and Tuesdays. Mr. Burton, um, one of the things I want to talk about right now is protecting loved ones with insurance products. My dad did it all wrong. He bought life insurance on her, knowing that she was going to die first, my mom. Mm -hmm. She was kind of like me, puffy, a little overweight, not the best eater. (laughs) Um, He was skinny and thin, but he was a pretty hardcore alcoholic. Um, so he died 25 years ago, and he was betting on her dying first. Yep. Shows you how wrong you can be, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty big bet, only doing insurance on one. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about that idea of uh, trying to hit the lottery by your spouse dying? I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Start feeding your wife bacon every day. Yeah. There you go. That's that's what you can do. I mean, we're solving all these problems for people behind on their retirement plan savings. That's Start misfeeding your spouse. And saying things like, no, 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 no. We don't want to go for a walk. I made you brownies. <laughs> <laughs> let's sit and let's binge watch all day while you're You're doing in. push-ups behind the couch. <laughs> you got a bucket of bonbons in the coffee table. <laughs> you and I think way too much like. Um, so protecting the loved ones. If you have people who depend on your income. It's super important. You need term life insurance. Employer life insurance plans are not portable when you leave a job. So getting that set fixed in stone. And again, I hate selling insurance products because I I don't want to be known as that guy. But this is the insurance product that you want to sell if you're going to sell an insurance product. And I don't actually technically sell an insurance product to let it be known. Uh, but term life is the way to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, again, I, I want to refer back to make sure you get your disability and your emergency reserve set up. Right. There's so much more likelihood, and I've seen it in the you know nearly 24 years I've been in the business, 
think I've had one person die before the age of 55 in, in all of our client families. That was kind of a shock situation. Okay. Um, but I've seen a lot of short-term disabilities. <coughs> so, and, and that's people, um, we've got clients that are still, you know, 55 years old riding motocross with their kids. Right. And if they're in a job that requires motion to go anywhere and they bust an ankle taking a turn, you know, Madison, that'll work. Madison Bumgarner yeah. with the Giants. Yeah, and, and usually that situation occurs at the worst time. It occurs, um, you know, at an economic downturn where you've got rental properties and you got a renter that moves out and you've got a lock, lack of income. So you could it, it's such a financial house of cards if you don't have that disability income. Because building assets is so important. You get your emergency reserves, your base of t- years or so worth of income saved up, disability insurance, uh, term life insurance, and, and then you can kind of make it through any storms that are out there. So let's stay with term life insurance. Well, let's stay with disability for just a second. You say that you see it more in your client base. I don't have a client base, per se, on the mm-hmm. radio show. The radio show I see from the radio show base. Um, to me, what I see with disability insurance is people who become poor stay poor and they kind of like that disability insurance angle and they don't want to go back to work because it's kind of a push for them and they'll never get ahead. You can't save with this. You can save, but there's just not enough money there. Well, you kind of get addicted to it. You do. And you, you, you adjust your lifestyle to that income um, and think, okay, I can kind of deal with this. I can change and be happy, but then you don't think about, Inflation, the value of the dollar is cut in half every 18 years. So it may be fine for the next five, six years, but government assistance or whatever you might be on, and it's it's not going to inflate properly to keep up with your expenses. And it's never going to be enough to get you ahead, right. in my opinion. And uh, the person that I know who did this in particular recently, um, it stinks because I actually know her sister. So the sister is successful and doing well, married and has a baby, mm-hmm. but the dad died early. And the mom's had a couple of strokes and the sister's on disability. I'm like, you're going to need to cut yourself off from your family because they're all going to be coming to you for money. Um, yeah. And what do you do in that scenario? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So let's go back to term life insurance. Is the old rule of thumb still pretty good? Ten times your income, a good starting place? Plus 100000 per kid. Okay. Yes. I, I say 250000 a kid. Yeah, I mean, that'll send them to a better college. Okay. I mean, we're looking at, you know, it's tough to get in as in-state into UC colleges right now just because they like some out-of-state tuition. But some of the costs of colleges, you know, that you wouldn't think about in Colorado or Washington or something like that, they're, they're way up there. I know. It's like in tuition, books, room, and board, forty to $70,000 a year. That's why I'm saying $250,000. Mm-hmm. Just to give yourself that a little bit of extra cushion. Now, when you buy term life insurance... Um, I'm assuming you can go with anyone because it's it's a term and it's based on your health and yeah you know I'm not saying go with when you have health issues that's when you really have to shop but any of the online term ones if you have um, you know USAA auto insurance and home they've got great policy rates um, so if you have anybody in the military I love USAA that's great place to go other than that you know select quote term life big lou i don't care call one of them make sure they're a broker big lou big lou i think is the one i always hear about oh, commercial, yeah. um the, as long as they're a broker and they can shop around and especially if you're taking any kind of a medication there's specific companies that might be a little bit kinder to diabetics versus other companies or smokers versus other companies gotcha you can find cfp chad burton at newfocusfinancial.com again it's a great website with lots of downloadables what's your facebook page 
New Focus Financial Group. New Focus Financial Group. That's yeah. easy enough. Links right there. Links right there. And um, come out to an event. Meet him. Anytime you sign up for an event at his webpage, use the code Radio25. Radio25 gets you in for free. You can find his webpage at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. But my heart remains loving you, baby child. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.